Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I'm Andy Dawson, pa, pa, pa. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along to the Monday episode. Uh, I've got some really distressing news that I've just discovered about myself, Sam. Oh no, what? Um, I, I, I went on one of those um, net worth websites the other day where you can put the name of someone in mm. and, and if they're v- v- a vague celebrity let's say mm. it tells you how much they're worth yeah and uh, uh, I, I put myself into the search engine the other day mm. Thursday I think it was turns out I'm worth 18 million dollars wow well hey who knew well I'm a bit concerned about this because I will I've just put I've myself just, I've, in I've, I've searched you as you well before that. you go any further I've searched you as well but yeah. we'll get to that what were you about yeah. to say? Four million. <laughs> Sixteen million. Me? I just did mm. it and it says four million. You must be using a different thing. So this can't be right. You must owe me some money somewhere along the line. I know what it was. Um, it was that second show in London. I don't ooh. think... You, that that must be where that extra two mil came from that you've got. The the the, the second show at two north down. Yeah. The, the 60 capacity <laughs> venue. Yeah. Yeah, but the ticket yeah, price was high, and I think I suspect that you negotiated a cut of the bar. Uh, uh, yeah, there were I saw you time. having a I saw you having a shifty <laughs> chat with the gaffer, and and then I came in the room and, and you just went shut up to him, and you both yeah. fell silent and looked at your feet, and I thought that fucker he's he he's fucking early. done a fucking share of the bar bill, <laughs> and he's keeping he's cutting me out of it. Yeah. Oh well. Well, it was 18 million on Thursday. I've just had a look this morning. Yeah. <clears throat> 1.9 million. It's gone down. Gone down. Oh, and then yeah. I did a search on my phone mm. on the same site to get a screen grab of it. Yeah. Put on Instagram. 1.2. I'd lost $700,000 in about a space of a minute. Mate, you're plummeting because I've, <laughs> What's just, going on? I've just checked myself out and it says 4 million. So, and, 4 million. And you had me down as 16 million on Friday, right? Is that right? So, and it's definitely me because they've got my birthday and they've got profession. This is where I'm not sure they've done their research properly because it says profession, mm. writer, director, producer. Well, I'm I'm certainly a writer, I suppose. I I guess I've made some money in the past out of being what you might call a producer in the loosest possible <laughs> sense. <laughs> and director, no. I've never no. directed a thing. Um, so they not that, but this is where you really find out that they don't know what they're talking about. Nicknames, <laughs> right? Yeah. San Delaney, Delaney, Sam. <laughs> what? My nicknames, it's not like hard. Everyone knows my main nickname on the streets is Nifty, right? Um, yeah. it, you can get away with calling me Fish Cake, although I don't like it. I have to admit that was for a period <laughs> my nickname. On the streets. 
Um, <laughs> nifty on the streets. Nifty on the streets, thrifty in the sheets. <laughs> what? <laughs> I said to her, talking about being thrifty in the sheets, I said to my wife's one, I was listening oh. to Six Music and they played Ghetto Heaven. Mm-hmm. Who's that by again? I've forgotten. Anyway, it's a great song. Anyway, they're playing Ghetto Heaven. I remember. Anyway, um... And I was like, oh, I love this song. And I'm, you know, cooking, I'm poaching my eggs, poaching the eggs, breakfast, having a little bit of a boogie to get out of heaven. That's living all right. Fucking living all right. And then I thought to myself, oh, I never really, you know, and you've never really listened to the words of a song before or or sort of contemplate what's about. You do that with some songs. And I thought, oh, fucking hell, I know what they're on about here. They're on about having it off. Get out of heaven. Right? Get out of heaven. I need a bit of get out of heaven. Right? Right. And I thought they're talking about having it off. And I said to my missus, you know what ghetto heaven is? It means doing it, right? And then they, the <laughs> next line after I said that, she's gone. The it. singer's gone. It's quarter to 11. I need a bit of ghetto heaven. And I went, that doesn't really fit in with our ghetto heaven schedule, does it? I mean, <laughs> quarter what, 11. What kind of life are these people living? In the morning. <laughs> she went, morning or afternoon. And I went, she went morning or evening. I went either way. It doesn't really. I mean, either way, it reflects an irresponsible and decadent lifestyle that, frankly, is unsustainable. Quarter to eleven in the evening's far too late, and quarter to eleven in the morning—that's just madness. Well, she said to me, she goes, "Jesus, you've got a choice. It's either two episodes of The Shield, which is uh, an old classic we're rewatching at the moment. It's either two episodes of The Shield or Get yeah. O Heaven. But I'll either way, you're going to be asleep by quarter to eleven. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, love bit of ghetto heaven. But my it, nicknames. Yeah. Go on. No, no. Go go on. On. What were you gonna add? Go on. I don't want to go my on about nicknames. ghetto heaven too much. Fair enough. My nicknames are Andy Dawson, mm. uh, Andrew Stewart Dawson, uh, Dawson, <laughs> and Andy. And I've been I've, on this on this website. I've been blended with Andy Dawson, the footballer who plays for Scunthorpe United. Oh, I didn't know about him. Fucking hell, there's another also one. Used to play That's the four Andy yeah. Dawsons we've got now. Then yeah, we've exactly. got there's Andy me, Dawson, footballer. you, the footballer, yeah. the murderer, and who's the fourth murderer. one? And the reverse of Seclimus. Yes. Fucking hell. <laughs> You should have done that book, like I am Dave Gorman. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, that yours would have yeah, been much. Have your, yours is shaping up to be much more entertaining. Ooh, it would have been a. It would have been a pamphlet. Yeah. But on another one, I've just searched another one of these net worth sites um, called Net Worth Roll, which is my preferred net worth search engine now because I'm worth sixty seven million dollars on that. Really? So that's good. I'll stick to and that one, what, yeah. what details does it give of your... Does it give any nickname? Uh, again, it's blending me with the footballer. So there's pictures of me and the footballer. So uh, what's it saying for your profession? Um, actor. Actor. <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> aren't we all actors in God's great play? Oh, look at this. Network Post, the one that claims that I was a, a writer, producer, director. It mm. has got some... It's a, It's got roles as himself, or as the Irish would say, himself. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Do you know what they've got me... Da- this is awful. You know how some things won't leave you in your life? Yeah. Director. I thought, director? I've never fucking directed anything. So I've clicked on it. I've now discovered there's a drop-down menu. Maxim Uncovered, Volume 3. Maxim Uncovered, 
Volume 4. Maximum Uncovered, Volume 5, Maximum Uncovered. <laughs> this was something that I tried to forget, really, but uh, <laughs> when I was editor-at-large of Maxim in, mm. uh, I, it says here, 2004-2005, I became editor-at-large because mm. a mate of mine was editing it and, you know, they, they paid me money to not go into the office. Fucking dream job, right? Yeah, I was that. I I was editor at large at Front Magazine as well, but that was because I lived far away and I couldn't go in. <laughs> well, th- this was, I think, because they actively didn't like me around the office. They didn't want you around. Yeah, they, thought, they could have been that as well with me. It possibly. was an encumbrance yeah. to their work. Yeah. Um. So they had to give me something to do to justify the money they were paying me, and they said, "Will you look after the D- the cover mounted DVD that we right. um give away once every couple of months?" I said, yeah. "Hey." No problemo. You come to the right fella. I used to edit a CD-ROM magazine, mate. I was going to say, yeah. was this before or after? It was after. They must, have seen, well, go, they must have seen and admired my work at Enter Magazine, yeah, of course. Um, which would have been a few years previously. So it was actually quite good. I mean, there was a lot of regrettable sexy lady footage where, mm. you know, I would have sent a cameraman along to the sexy lady shoots and just filmed mm. them. Yeah. Different times. Different times. Not not a cultural highlight, not a career highlight, but we did do some great stuff called Dog Theatre, right? And it was famous oh, yeah. historical moments reenacted by dogs, and we really did it, and we dressed the dogs up. We hired dogs that were good at acting, which you can yeah. get. There are dog acting agencies. It was cool. the best fun. Like, we did the moon landing. We did the death of Diana. Right, and we had yeah. a dog playing Diana, which we actually put a blonde wig and pearls on. We had one playing Dodie. We had one playing. Is it Henry Paul? Was he the bodyguard or the driver? Henry Paul. Henry yeah. Paul. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, we did the death of Michael Hutchins, which I think I might have mentioned before on yeah. here. I think uh, you. Have, I think you said you were going to try and dig these out. And put yeah, them on YouTube. yeah. I will. I'll try and dig them out. But anyway, that's on there. I'm not particularly proud of that, so I'm a bit gutted that's on there. Uh, then they've got producer. Then they've got self. Pieces in which I have played myself. Sandalini's mm. news thing, much missed. Sky News Sunrise, England's worst ever football team, 2014. Right, no yeah. recollection. Channel 4 News. <laughs> oh, here's a good one. How Hip Hop Changed the World, 2011. Oh, I remember that, yeah. That's where I first was drawn to. Drawn to me. Your Orbis watching yeah. that. I thought, yeah, I'm going yeah. to hey, fanboy this man. This, this fella knows his stuff. He knows all about the rappers. <laughs> and he's white as well, like me. Yeah. Angela and Friends. That was fucking good. Angela and Friends. <laughs> I've told you about that, where I had to you pretend are, to be a friend yeah. of Angela Griffin. Um, you know what? i tell you what, right? Now, Angela Griffin, she was actually lovely. She's a lovely woman. But I would say that I did accept money in exchange for pretending to be a friend of hers, right? Oh right, I watched that as well, and I thought you were genuine friends. It yeah, came across well, as the that's deal. because I was—I'm very good at my job. Uh, mm. You know, they paid me well for that, and I was—I said, right, you're paying the money. I'll pretend to be friends with anyone up to a point. Yeah. Up to a point. So we were all supposed to be a gang of mates, but what made it awkward was, you know, it was Andrew and friends, and the thing is, some of them were her friends, right? Oh right, and some of us weren't. Because I think they had the idea, wouldn't it be great if it was just her and her mates sitting around having a right good natter over a broom? Mm-hmm. That was the kind of vibe, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, the stuff you, that you say when you're just with your mates having a natter and a broom, 
it was one of these situations. But her mates, her good mates, were Faulkner, Lisa Faulkner. Mm. Uh, another one, the one who was the other half of the lesbian kissing Brookside that wasn't Anna Friel. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's she called? Margaret or something in Brookside? Something like that. Yeah, curly ginger hair. Yeah, Sarah Cox. The geezer who was in Hollyoaks and just big, big bloke from the old days in Hollyoaks, big handsome fella. Anyway, a lot of these people were genuinely her mates, like Faulkner and the one from the Lesbian Kiss were like genuinely her mates. But then I had to sort of be her mate, but it was always like you felt like you were on the outside. You know, we've all been in a situation. Yeah, we've all been in a situation like that. Do you know what I mean? When the cameras weren't rolling, suddenly Mm. I'm like going, hey guys, where are we going for cocktails afterwards? And people are just mumbling like, oh, actually we're just uh, going home. And then I'm walking home in the rain with my carrier bag, with my envelope of cash in that I've been paid for being her friend. And then I walk past the glamorous, maybe a member's showbiz bar. Uh, And they're all all in there. Fucking pissing themselves, laughing, having Mm. a great time. You know, maybe Angela yeah. herself is sat at the piano playing a song. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're all crowded round. And then old matey boy, me, I'm like up at the window like, but but Angela yeah. and friends, it seems that some <laughs> friends are better than others. And I said, oh, yeah, excuse me, a- uh, there must have been a mistake. Uh, it's Sam, Sam Delaney. I'm one of Angela's friends. And there seems to be, yeah. and they go, no, you're not on the, na- on the list. Sorry. Mm. You'll have to fuck That's- off. That's when you got to look down at the envelope of cash, Sam, and that's when you realise what it's all about, really. Yeah, and the, the cash had got all soggy. Just... So I went back to my bed sit <laughs> and I laid out all the cash on my two-bar electrical heater to dry it out. Three yeah. £10 notes, it dried out, and then I just stared at that money all night, sobbing. Yeah, yeah. But then you, the, the next week you had to go back and be Angela's friend again. I had to go back. Uh, Brick so Smith Smart snap. and Joe Wood were also in it. That was good. Real friends? Were they no, real friends no of but well? I've told you this before. I'm doing a right load of old stories today. I get halfway through them and then I remember fucking how poor Andy and the listeners have heard this before. But the good thing about Brick Smith Smart is that she was genuine real-life best friends with your dream bride, Susanna Hoffs, right? Oh, yeah, you have mentioned this, yeah. And... So I did so get. A- so I I would tap her in the ad breaks and stuff. I would mm. I would tap bricks for stories about her. Mm. And the other one was Hoff's information. Yeah, Hoff's information and Prince information. That was what I was really interested in. Was the yeah what went down between Hoff's and Prince? So I was always bothering her about that. <laughs> she was like, did we ever find out? I mean, we suspect she said that many things, but- Prince just wouldn't stop turning up to gigs because he was desperate to have it yeah. off with her. Obviously. Well, yeah, of course. Well, I mean, aren't, aren't we all? But Prince was Prince, so he thought, I'm in with a chance here. What with me being I've Prince? Got, I've got half a chance, at least. <laughs> I've got half a chance. Got, and that's good I've enough got, for me. I've definitely got an advantage over these other fuckers, because I've written a song for her that's got top of the charts. Well, that's what, so, he, no, that, that's what he did. She did say that he turned up and she kept knocking him back. And in the end, he turned up with a fold. She claims he turned up with a folded up piece of paper and said, I've, uh, here's a gift for you. And just hand it yeah. to her, and inside was Manic Monday. All the notes and the words. <laughs> <laughs> there, on that side, it's all the notes, see? Turn it over, <laughs> they're the words. Put them together, bingo. 
Now, I don't actually write music myself. It's all in my head that it just comes out on the piano or the guitar. So I had to pay someone to transcribe it, if you like, for me, yeah. before I could give you it. And that cost me 70 quid. So, <laughs> think on. The least you can do is join me for fucking dinner. I'll give you that job. <laughs> and do you know, as far as I understand it, in return for Manic Monday, one of the biggest selling hit singles of the 1980s, Prince never got so much as a hand job. I mean, <laughs> it's and now he's dead, so she could never make amends, and I'm he sure is, that haunts all, her he's all, every uh, day. He's all nice and dead. Mm. Uh, where were where were we? So yeah, I'm down to 1.9 million apparently, or 1.2 million. Um, I I'm blended with Andy Dawson, the footballer. Uh, you're worth oh no 67 million on that other website the other thing it says is that I weigh 52 kilograms <laughs> which apparently is 8 stone 1 <laughs> that's not 8 that's stone not 1 fucking hell mate if that's true you are dying and I'm worried I think I might be yeah uh, it doesn't so, say my uh, that, weight that's here that's not completely accurate either so um, mixed emotions really I think about this whole net worth post thing but uh, we've got half an episode out of it, and that's the main thing. Mm. I can't find where my weight is. Wiki famous people, no. Uh, it doesn't give you the weight. I mean, the thing is, it would be impossible. My weight is fluctuating constantly, right? Yeah. I mean, my weight can go up and down by a stone from one week to the next. I mean, yesterday, I haven't been exercising this week because of my... Uh, the cold that I had I'm slowly getting back yeah. into it yesterday it was obviously there was four games of football back to back on the box yeah. so me and the lad pretty much just sat eating and, and watching that yeah and, when and West, some of them were quite good as well they were they? good yeah when West Ham came on in the evening we'd already had dinner I'd cooked an early dinner so we could be ready right and then my, my wife and daughter were upstairs watching something else so I said to Len look right Check the freezer because I think I saw a chalk ice in there. <laughs> right, quick. And I said, quick. And I did say, I said, shut the door. Right, I said, because there won't be enough ice cream to go round. So find what there is, have it, give it to me. Right, and then dump, <laughs> dump the evidence. He said, fine. But he's shit at keeping secrets. I can never rely on him. <laughs> so there was a cho- there was one cho- there was one mini chalk ice which I had, and then there was like. A quarter of a tub of cookie dough, which he had. Fine. We were. We, it was a proper living all right. By this stage, West Ham had gone 1-0 up. We were eating our ice cream. Fucking dreamland, right? <laughs> so I said, right, hide the evidence. So we went and binned it. Then, Jalapeño. if you like what you've been listening to on Top Flight Time Machine, why not consider heading over to patreon.com slash Top Flight Time Machine, where you can subscribe uh, not only does your monthly subscription help support this podcast and keep it going, it also gives you access to a huge amount of extra exclusive content. Loads of extra episodes, yeah. You'll be getting an episode a day. And Pretty it costs much. less than a fiver, less than a pint Whether a you month. like it or not, go to tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings to find out more and get involved. There's T-shirts and everything. I mean, for fuck's sake, what more do you want? Jalapeño. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Bombas. 
Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Jalapeño. My wife came down and I'd forgotten she'd made a carrot cake the day before, which hadn't been finished. And so she came down. I'm there smug, West Ham are winning. I've had my ice yeah. cream secretly. Without saying anything, she goes into the kitchen and then turns back up and hands me and Len a quite a generous slice each of carrot cake. So oh. I'd already had pudding, but it was a secret pudding. So I couldn't, I would have effectively been grassing myself if I'd said, you know, oh, I can't, uh, I can't have that. Yeah. Sorry, I've already had a chocolate. So I just went, thanks. And I wolfed it down. And so did Len. And I thought, oh, well, two puddings. I had to do it. And then she's fucking looked in the bin, hasn't she? And went, oh, oh enjoy your ice no. cream, did you? Well, I was full of shame. I was full of guilt. But most of all, I was full of calories. So I haven't been running for a week. And I, I'm like, at a situation last night where I made veggie toad in the hole with mashed peas right. and gravy for dinner. And then mm. had two puddings, mate. So, yeah. Fuck knows how much I you weigh have to today. get out on the roads, aren't you? I'm going to have to hit the road. to work that off. Yeah. You're I'm... not going to get any ghetto heaven this week. Fuck no. After, after that. There was no ghetto hey, <laughs> Any chance of ghetto heaven tonight when I come in after West Ham won <laughs> no. 4-0. You must be joking. You're full of fucking Yorkshire pudding, cake and ice cream. <laughs> Desserts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Just a little bit of ghetto heaven. No, none at all. Uh... <laughs> I can. Um, I'll have a. We'll have a quick look at the uh, at the uh, prediction league then. While yeah. we're talking about football, um, we've been trading blows over the weekend. Sam, me mm. and you. Uh, I got Burnley nil, Southampton one correct. You got Crystal Palace one, Everton two correct. Then, uh, then you got Sunderland one, Peterborough nil correct as well. Wow. And I got Millwall one, Brentford one correct. So it's been pow, 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 pow. Amazing. Between us, uh, you got seven points at the weekend. I got eight points. Wow. Uh, results, but results, but only got four points. It's always <laughs> gutting when you pull off a great week, but so does the person you're yeah, up against. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, I'm just glad I'm I'm back, back doing it again. So you're on twelve at the top of the table. I'm on ten. Results, spots on nine. So it's all quite well, it's shaping at the up to be a great league, just like yeah. real football is shaping up yeah. to be exciting too. Exciting, isn't it? What did uh, I predict for West Ham Wolves? You said 2-1 to West Ham. So you got so a got point, a point for, that. for that. Yeah, not many people predicted um, that. No one could have saw that coming. I didn't watch it. I was doing a mince last night, so I missed it. But uh, I assume you were pleased it, with it. It. Was, it was astonishing, mate, because in my life supporting West Ham, you know, usually we lose, sometimes we win, whatever. Sometimes you get a surprise victory. So you know what it's like for all clubs, similar with Sunderland, like you're suddenly beat You know, in the old days United or nowadays it might be you, you grab a result against City or Liverpool or something and it's mm. usually a backs to the wall sort of a situation. Yeah. But I have to say, although it doesn't sound like much because, you know, it's Wolves, it's not like it was Real Madrid, but Wolves are such a good team and we'd lost, since they got promoted, we'd lost every time we'd played them home and away. So yeah. they're like a bogey team. And before the game, everyone's talking about West Ham being in crisis. And then you see the lineups, and they've got this like wonder boy new 
fullback plus Traore always tears us apart and everyone, all the pundits going, oh God, this is going to be awful. They're going to absolutely ruin West Ham. Da, da. No one gives us a chance. We not only beat them, but we thrashed them. And yeah. usually see a result like that, you think, were Wolves under strength? Did they have a player missing? Did they have a player sent off? None of those things were true. We just absolutely went toe-to-toe with them and crushed them. And there was no kind of we nicked it on the break. We absolutely just beat them fair and square. It was a fair result. And on that basis... And the thing was, I was going to say, the thing was, your manager wasn't even there. He did it on the telly, didn't he? So is he going to do that every time now? Well, yeah. I mean, Stuart Pearce was up in the stand on an old-fashioned telephone. It wasn't a trim phone. Was it a trim phone? I was going to say. I wish it had been, but it was close. I mean, it was an actual phone with a curly cord. <laughs> and he's like, hello. Yeah, hello, David. And then he would, uh, he would get, it was, it was very complicated. It was like David was calling from home from his rig, right? Mm. And then he'd speak to Stuart Pierce in the stand. Then somehow Stuart Pierce would get the message down from the stand to Alan Irvin on the, on the touchline. Maybe just via, shouted probably. Via, Oi! Well, there's no one in, is there? So you yeah. can just shout it. Yeah, you could. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it was complicated, but it worked. And I think it's probably one of the most astonishing performances I've ever seen, which, um, <laughs> you know, for West Ham, which doesn't say much. But, I mean, to just beat a team like that 4-0 without... You've got to take it away and get it, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. Good stuff. Um, I mean, I watched um, Man City versus Leicester. The Amazing. The thing that annoyed me most about that was the repeated apologies for uh, industrial language yeah. that you might have heard. Fucking hell. You know, we know this is going to happen. This is why we're watching it half the time. The, the thing is... Don't apologise. You've got a choice. You can watch it with crowd noise or without. Yeah. Right? If you're watching it without, part of the reason you're doing that is you want to hear them swearing. You want to hear the swearing, And yeah. if you're going to apologise every time, then you're going to ruin the enjoyment of the game. And so... Yeah. Therefore, you just what they need to do is do a disclaimer at the beginning, right? Yeah. And then during the game, just have a message come up on screen in text once in a while, like once every 10 minutes, 15 minutes, just say apologies for any bad language our microphones pick up, right? Yeah. And then the commentator, because it's awkward for the commentator to say it, but. From so that's that. On the other point of of view, though, is that when Andy Carroll came on, the swearing was really <laughs> this is top level. People write Andy Carroll off again and again and again, but I always loved yeah. him at West Ham. And yeah. Bruce brought him on, and he got straight into it. And that because it was Geordie swearing, which yeah is one of the best swearing you can it's get. Up there, it's not the quite top, up there it? with yeah. Glaswegian swearing, but it's yeah. in the Champions League places. Definitely. There was a lot of, fuck's sake, man. <laughs> fuck's sake, man. Like that. And he just knew it was Andy Carroll every time. <laughs> it was fucking spectacular performance by the big lad. I think he's gone on there knowing he's got a, he's got a window of opportunity. Yeah. You know, he's on the stage. He's on the big stage and he can do that. The world's watching. Can, yeah, the world's listening. He can, rem- he can remind everyone of yeah. what he's really about. Yeah. yeah what he exactly. does best. <laughs> It was really and good. It worked. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I mean, fucking out the Leicester game. Jamie Vardy is a magnificent. I mean, I know he's been bad in real life in the past, but if mm. you just judge him on the football, I think he might be my favourite ever non-West Ham Premier League player. Yeah, I, I mean, he's nearly thirty-four, 
I don't understand how he's still doing what he does and apparently, at the speed that he does it. What he has is monster energy before a game and at half time. Is that all he does? Well, he has a monster energy know. and a packet of peanuts, mate. Hey, if that works, you know. Yeah. Go for it. It's fucking, yeah. what, what a man Jamie Vardy is. I was reading an article the other day about all the terrible things West Ham have, mistakes West Ham have made over the years, and one of them, which I remember at the time, was that we... I can't remember who was the manager at the time, but we went... <laughs> I think Allardyce was, we tried to buy Vardy, and we agreed yeah. with Fleetwood Town £1 million fee, and last minute, um, Sullivan said... I'm sorry, but I cannot justify spending a million pounds on a, on, on a non-league player. For a non-league player. So That's Lester, unbelievable. Yeah. So Leicester took him. So Yeah. What might I have still been? remember when Sunderland, Sunderland almost signed John Aldridge oh. from Newport County in 1984. Fucking hell. But then our, our chairman balked at the fee, which was £75,000. Oh. <laughs> so it does, those. isn't it? Can you imagine what could have happened to Sunderland if we signed John Aldridge? Cla- most clubs could, could, could do like whole bloody. Oh, talking of Sunderland, I've got a shoot 1975 album uh, mm. in in my house, which I think my wife bought me as a present because that was the year I was born. And uh, my son was flicking through it this morning. This is of mild interest to you and to me and probably no one else. But there was a great photo story of Sunderland. In Budapest right. in 1975. Now, that's where my yeah. in-laws are from, so it's a city that means a lot to me in particular. And, yeah. and our team, our family team that my granddad used to go, my father-in-law, my kid's granddad, used to go and see when he was a kid in the 50s, is, mm. is from Budapest. It's called Vosos, right? V-A-S-A-S. But no one yeah. ever... When you think of Hungary, people think of, like, either Honved or Ferencvaros. Do you know what I mean? Those are the yeah. famous teams. You don't know many teams. Budapest actually has about six teams, a bit like London. And Vosos is probably the one that no one's fucking heard of. But Sunderland, right. that because there's a whole photo spread of Sunderland in Budapest in 1975 for their exhibition match against Vosos. And, like, <laughs> Len is fucking obsessed with Vosos. He wants a shirt for his birthday and stuff, right? Because that's right. his Hungarian oh, club side. Yeah. And he was fucking blown away. He came up and said, look at this. And it is wonderful. It's a um, big, nice oh, big picture it. of former Sunderland centre-back Dave Watson tucking into yeah. a huge corn on the cob, which is <laughs> referred to which is referred to in the story as if it's some sort of mad exotic food. Do you know what I Because mean? <laughs> they bought them on the street from a street vendor. And I think yeah. they actually put corn on the cob in inverted commas when they uh, describe it in the story. <laughs> I was watching a, 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 a compilation thing about Youth of Joyce from George and Mildred on YouTube oh, yeah. the other day. Of course you are. Yeah. And there's a clip where, where she's explaining to George what a barbecue is. <laughs> this is like 1975. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. What? And he's like, what? You're cooking the what? garden? <laughs> yeah. Fuck it out. Different times. Different, Different times, times, indeed. I think so, we, we played in um, 73... After we'd won the cup, we played the cup winners' cup, and I think we played a Hungarian team, so we probably oh, maybe put it was out that. some feelers and you know made some connections when we were doing that. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't an exhibition game. game. Maybe it was, uh, I don't know. But anyway, they look like they're having, they look at like they're having a hell of a time because going to Hungary in those days would have been quite a big deal because it was very much yeah. behind the Iron Curtain. Behind the Iron Curtain, and wasn't things it? Yeah. were totally different. I mean, I think I've talked about it before, but in 1989, my school organised a trip. Funded mm-hmm. or at least uh, what you call it, backed by the local education authority to the Soviet Union. 
Yeah. And I fucking went to the Soviet Union in 1989 with the school. Fact finding. On a fact finding mission about the commies, right? But I've always thought that because, you know, in those days, educational authorities, the public sector was extremely left wing because these were the days of Thatcher. And I was always Mm. convinced that the inner London education authority, Ilya, were actually trying to like kind of brainwash the kids to go over because yeah, they okay. tried that we were we were escorted everywhere by a, a representative of the russian state who are who it was just I, a big advert for communism yes look look children happy children potato happy. in eat, every pocket eat well strong <laughs> laughter <laughs> it's very good freedom too knowing that <laughs> russian state hota Hold them close to her tit and let them suck her. Never must worry about healthcare like American devils. <laughs> and of course, there's opportunity as well to like early years with a spy as well and maybe hand over a piece of paper. Well, we we did that you know, for, in the evenings. We'd go down and we did a load of deals for like yeah, black markets. A piece of piece of Peter Meal may not have had the music and lyrics to Manic Monday on it. They like they liked um <laughs> they liked the what you could sell for a lot of money there was Levi jeans. Levi jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. take your Levi jeans. Beatles records? Is that the other thing? Well no, we <laughs> traded them I've told you for we traded them for Paul McCartney records. He had released one record out in the Soviet Union that was only available in the Soviet Union. Yeah. And it was all rock and roll covers. And so we traded a lot of Levi's and Hubba Bubba in return for them. And then when we got back, Bubba. we got fuck all for them. <laughs> <laughs> Late night Hubba you, Bubba dealings. It was like John Le Carre. Did you, like me, actually believe there was an Iron Curtain? Yeah, I did. I was like, did. when do we get through the curtain? Yeah. Oh, we must have flown through it on the way in the aeroplane. <laughs> They must have somehow flown from it. Yeah. On a fucking big rod with curtain rings on top. I was telling my mate the other day, one of my strongest memories, but it just came back to me recently. It must have been a repressed memory of that trip. Oh, dear. It's a very memorable trip for lots of reasons, but we got this train, right, from Leningrad, St. Petersburg's it is now, to Mm. Moscow, right? And it was an overnight train. And it was like something from James Bond. It's a very old-fashioned, ornate kind of a train with sleeper cabins. And there's like 40 fucking school kids, all about 14 on this train, right? Mm. And obviously in the night, we crept out of our sleeper cabin and into someone else's, into a girl's one. And there was like, there was, but there was about like 10, 12 people all crammed in, sort of chatting with the teacher, like, so the teachers wouldn't wake up. And it sort of felt very yeah. rebellious and very edgy, and we were all in there. And I was sat up on a top bunk, and we'd crept out just in our boxer shorts and T-shirt. And mm. I remember vividly, I was wearing some Beano boxer shorts, right? <laughs> Which, like, basically... Anyway, I wore... And when you're a kid, you don't think... These are Beano boxer shorts. I'm going into a girl's, like, sleeper cabin for the first time. This, sure. is, this is not right. I should change mm. my pants. You just think, fuck it, let's go, lads. Probably the girls will be well impressed by my Dennis the Menace and Nasher boxer shorts. They might want, to, might want to read my pants. Anyway, I'm up there, and it was quite crowded, and everyone, some people were sitting on the floor, some people on the top bunk, some people bottom bunk, everyone chatting, chewing the card. There might have been someone that had a little bottle of vodka or something. Anyway, eventually yeah. a teacher came in, um, 
and like basically busted the party. Wasn't too cross about, but just went, right, come on, everyone back to your room. And what the teachers did at my school, I don't know if this was common at other school, but I have favourite memories, particularly female teachers. What they would do is rather than shout and scream, they would often belittle you in a sort of piss-takey <laughs> way, right? And she went, yeah. by the way, Sam, love, love your boxer shorts, very sexy, right? And everyone looked and <laughs> laughed, right? And I thought, the fucking yeah. bitch has fucking belittled my pants. And now mm. everyone's laughing, like, look at him with his fucking babyish boxer shorts. But here's the worst bit. As she said it, I glanced down and my knob had fallen out of my boxer shorts. <laughs> <laughs> there it is there's little Sam yeah but no one mentioned my knob so I think I got yeah. away with it I just looked and I was quickly like fuck and I put it back in yeah but I but that could it's like with them I, boxer trem- shorts, I it? tremble when I think of it yeah they were novelty yeah, boxer imagine. shorts now I always yeah. wear tr- a trunk like a Calvin Me Klein too. trunk because yeah. they're comfortable it keeps everything and, yeah, housed there is it? no yeah. chance of escape absolutely not at all <laughs> Well, I think we'll leave it there. We've come yeah. a long way from our yeah. net worth to our underwear situation. Yeah. Uh, standard episode, really. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back with more of this shit throughout the week. Uh, TTFN. Just rest. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.